0: Hello Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, book four. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they seek to change the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at Blake.
1: Hi, I'm Chris, and you can find me at EwokKiller on Twitter I play Finnegan Finn Tempest, a tiefling trainer, which is a Skyrend original class supported by the Metal Weave Games supplement Baby Beestuary. Finn is the trainer of Ceruleus, a blue guard drake.
2: Hi, my name is Nate. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Nate. I play Darvin Grim, the human monk, and I am currently hosting Cade, the demigod of the land in my brain.
3: Hi, I'm Shannon. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Shannon. I play Aranus Grey, the god of rebellion, and I am a half-elf bard.
0: You can also find the show on Twitter, at Skyren Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon, at patreon.com slash Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. With Lynn Jarvis in custody, and Orizaba the Wise in charge of the Contract House, the party seemed ready to leave Caravel and continue south. However, Arinus had the inspired idea to warn the gods that Orizaba is tapping into unknown power in order to put the gods in a box, as it were. Raistos was able to provide a few options, but visiting Tiff's looking glass in the chapel of Alethea was agreed to be the safest, even if it would mean, warning only, some of the gods. The divine audience in the chapel proved to be an almost overwhelming experience. Darwin, Arnus, Finnegan, Cyril, and Felicity were brought face to face with more than half of the remaining gods. While Liana was in no mood for conversation, Felicity was able to find comfort by connecting with Favon, the Sky God. Upon hearing news of Orizaba's plans, some gods argued for capital punishment. Yoru intervened to protect her, claiming that older dragons such as her are too precious to simply kill. She promised to do her best to rehabilitate Orizaba instead. Meanwhile... Agnetai reluctantly admitted to assisting Levesque in his quest to supplant Gregok Ironhand as the Dwarf God. Gregoch demanded your assistance in Lirinor to the north, but pressing matters draw your attention south. First, cleaning up whatever remains of the changeling situation in Url. Second, and more critically, Malcius still commands his conscription forces from Libera. Through some Bold negotiating, Darwin was able to convince Coram to make Malcius recall the conscription now that the withering is no longer a death sentence. While this will surely save many lives, it also means that Malcius will only be better protected and more dangerous over time. It's still a long way to Libera, and there are many potential obstacles along the way. As your allies gather and prepare to depart, what would you like to do? Is there any pressing business here in Caravel that you would like to take care of before we exit the city and continue the journey south?
1: I need to go buy supplies to be able to effectively feed my creatures at this point because I have two mouths to feed. I think you have
0: three mouths to feed. Additional you to own.
1: myself is what I mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, you need to get some supplies for your creatures for Cyril and Sunbeak. I take it that means Sunbeak will be traveling with us.
1: I gotta, you know, I keep bouncing back and forth on that because there's a part of me that wants to say that, like, you know, this could be the home I plan to return to. Except there's no reason for me to plan that, so I don't want to leave Sunbeak. But you know what? I think, and it doesn't have to be a huge in-depth conversation, but I think I would offer Sunbeak, like, hey, you know, I said I'd train you, but if you want to stay, I'm not going to take you from your home type offer.
0: I think, given the way that the Tamer class works, and The intent behind this, and given Sunbeak's general demeanor, if you want Sunbeak to accompany you, you can. That's fine. We don't have to have this be a rollout Mm -hmm. or anything. But if if your plan is to dismiss Sunbeak to open up another slot in your menagerie, as it were, that is also fine.
1: I think at this point, I don't know. I'm I'm sure everyone else has other things they want to do, so come back to me. I need to think about it more. I thought I had an answer, and uh, now I'm waffling. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and obviously whether or not Sunbeak is coming with you will determine how many supplies you're going to need and how much money you're going to yeah. have to spend I'm not worried, I know you guys have a lot of money but still Okay Darwin, Arnis, what about you?
3: Shockingly, I don't actually have anything
0: Well, we yeah. already yeah. S- <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh, Sorry to disappoint Finnegan, but <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for Darwin then Maybe buy sure. in some time here. Darvin, I mean, I think we talked about this last time, but your discussion with Pouchit, is that something you're keeping close to your chest? Or is that something no, you're know, no. sharing with other people? I can't remember.
2: I would have shared that, at least with Arnis, as soon as possible.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Probably, you know, privately at first, I'm sure.
0: Okay. Arnis, are you at all worried about that? Do you want to support this?
3: The whole like pouch it thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm concerned.
2: But
0: it feels like
2: <laughs> it feels like there's some advantage here. So we shouldn't just, you know, get rid of him just because he's really what's his name? Ikiri. Yes, thank you.
3: Yeah, I agree with you there too though. Like like I don't want to just get rid of him because much like Orizaba, I'd rather know where he is than not.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although that does remind me, just before you left the Chapel of Aletheia, just before you left Tiff's Looking Glass, Corin warned you not to come back with M the loot in tow. Right. And gave a somewhat cryptic response as to why, but basically like, she doesn't know what she's done and I want to keep it that way. You connected the dots and like, oh, this has something to do with the same thing like Akiri. I don't want to mess with that. So you're both carrying around potential secrets, knowledge bombs, but yeah, yeah, that's really up to you all how much you want to explore those two things.
2: Lots, but with caution.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. There's only so much caution.
2: Nope, there's lots of caution.
0: Okay, okay. Caution can only be so effective? Is that what I mean? Maybe. But I don't know. Outside of it, let's see. Oh, yes. Morello has successfully taken Lynn Jarvis, to members of the denouement, to get him escorted to Karami. Unless you want to see Lynn Jarvis again before he leaves, that business is taken care of. Yep. Morello is in somewhat of a good mood, having just interacted with some assassins, having just sent someone away, in theory, for a trial. But he feels pretty confident sending Lin off with a bunch of assassins that if he tries anything, he'll just get taken out. Sam and Carolina are doing uh, a lot of the packing right now. They'll be ready to go get the wagons as soon as you're ready to leave. Tonk, Mahogany, and Seth are there in the main room off in the corner just chatting. Parlin is ready to go. They've had their stuff packed since they first got up this morning. Felicity needs to gather her stuff together, but she's still feeling really good after having a chance to interact with Favon. Like, As close to directly as she's been able to in a very long time. And Rhystos is Rhystos, you know? (laughs) Rhystos is flying around. Alright, well now that you got that out of your system, are we ready to go? Is there anything else that we need to do here? Is there anything... As much as I didn't want to see those gods, is there anything that they told you that we need to go over? I hope that they're not interfering with my teaching of you
3: guess not, though. Would that would that be a problem? Surely you all have the same goals, right? Well,
0: they're all different people, so I doubt that we have the same goals. We have one similar goal, and that is you not blowing shit up, R.S. That would be great.
3: Right, that's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> but outside of that, no, they don't all have the same goals. Which I would be surprised if you did not see for yourself in talking with them.
3: No, I literally just meant about me. You said that you hope they don't Im- interfere with your teaching of me. Mm-hmm. So when I mention same goals, I surely mean about me.
0: If you say so, Arnis.
3: I don't mean life goals. If you say so. I don't mean life goals? How does any two people have the same life goal? Come on.
0: Not what I was talking about, Arnis, but okay.
3: I, I got nothing. We're fine. <laughs> Do your thing.
0: I just meant that they may have been trying to guide you in a direction after you gain some measure of control. Yeah, just what leave it at think? that for now.
3: Oh, oh, you you think I'm going to listen to them? Mm. That's, that's what this is about? You're worried that I'm going to start listening to them instead of you? Maybe. Dude, if I was going to listen to them, I wouldn't even be here right now.
0: And Where would you be?
3: I don't know. Wherever Coram wanted to put me, initially, when I walked away.
0: When was that? I'm sorry. Me, Scott, confused. When you walked away.
3: Or when I walked away from the bulb.
0: Oh, 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 oh. When
3: Corum was like, take your place beside me, right? Oh, yeah. Darth Vader style. And (laughs) Iolana was like, I'm sorry, do you really have to do that? And I went, oh, yeah. You're awful. I'm leaving.
0: (laughs) When Corum's like, hey, come chill out. Come chill out over here with the rest of us gods.
3: Right. And I was like, nah, bro.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. Sorry, there were so many times when you've walked away from gods that.
3: I guess that's I, true. I, too, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you mean the r- initial one when he's like, "Hey, Arun, it's time to die. Let's go." <laughs> okay. Restos turns and looks over to Finnegan. Hey, Finnegan, you and the uh, you and the kids coming? What's happening? Mm, I just finishing the packing. All right. <laughs> we uh, we keeping the bird.
1: I see, and as we're going down south it's probably best for her own health that she stay here
0: aww it was nice not being the only one up in the sky but okay
1: and I think what what Finnegan's intention to is to do is is like just kind of thank her for her time and explain that like I would love to continue training you but we're going to the snow um you're not gonna do well in the snow you're not
2: a hmm. snowbird she's not a penguin no, I, I, I don't
0: yeah. prefer this the cold no no Warm days, sunshine. I,
1: if you'd like, I could arrange for the temple to be a place for you to be uh, to nest and to be able to call a home. If you have no other plans, nest. Yes, I'll stay here.
0: I, my, my home.
1: I'll speak to the ones that live here to make sure that they uh, keep a window open for you. Okay. And uh, kind of as a as a parting gift, I know that like. She prefers the mice, but like I leave her a little bit of the like the last little bit of the venison jerky I have. It's like not even enough for Cyril to call a snack, but I just kind of like leave it on a pew for her.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, Carmella, is that who it is? Yep. Is that who I want? Yeah, Carmella Hodges, priest of the church in Caravel. Yeah, if you if you want to bring this up with Carmella about leaving a. Leaving a window open for a hawk to occasionally come in. Well, and it
1: would be mutually beneficial, right? Like, the hawk is going to live in here, but, like, they're likely to, if there's a mouse that they see, hunt it in here, too. And keep the area around the
0: church a little less prone to vermin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is still letting a predator (laughs) into the wind. Yes, but (laughs) it's not like you're
1: letting in a tiger. It's a hawk. so yes i i'll I'll discuss it with her
0: okay So how do you even mention this to Carmilla? Uh,
1: I think I would like explain, hey, my sunbeak has served us well, and we cannot take her with us to where we're going. If you can be so kind to let her nest here, I am sure she'd do her best to keep the area around the church, free of vermin, making it our hunting grounds. All you'd have to do is leave a window
0: open. Are you sure that's safe? For you know, the people that come in here. Hawks are not necessarily the friendliest of creatures. A little scary. Like, Sunbeak has proven
1: that she's not one to attack people without command or purpose. And honestly, when was the last time you saw a hawk attack a person?
0: Carmilla leans in a little bit. Wait, is there a command? To make hawks attack,
1: I only only if you've been training for years to figure it out, I can't just teach it to you
0: oh so so if, if I'm just like out here spreading the word speaking, I'm not gonna stumble across a command word and all of a sudden have a hawk attacking me.
1: I know that, <laughs> that, that that's not how it works. It's often paired between the individual and the bird,
0: okay, okay Whew, that's a bit of a relief. Last thing we need is somebody losing an eye out here, because a hawk decided, oh, there's my cue. <sighs> Still, it's a little messy. Hmm. Finnegan, roll persuasion. I think with my bonus of
1: nothing, yes, with my bonus of nothing, that's a 13.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not terrible. Carmela says,
1: hmm,
0: all right, I think we can... I think I can make arrangements for that, but... Might need a... The church might need a small donation to make the necessary adjustments so that Sunbeek could come in and out safely without just letting the rabble in as well. You know, Leaving a window open is fine some days, but at night it would be nice to be able to lock up and not worry about thieves and whatnot. Plus, I suppose we're going to have to make a perch. Or a little sign or something. You know, a place for Sunbeek to rest. So... If you could see your way to donating oh, five or ten gold, it should be fine.
1: I just have to see how much gold I have. Um, this is not something that I would ask Arnis for. I don't deal with money often, so I'm not sure where I have it written. So it's just that possibly be a second. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Can I notice this conversation happening? Is that possible?
0: Uh, that's up to Finnegan. Yeah,
1: that's totally fine. It's not happening in private. I'm so, pretty sure it's happening like near the door as we're trying to get out of here.
3: So my my, my question was going to be like, can I see him like, like she asked this thing and I see him kind of like patting yeah, like my
1: pockets on, trying
0: and trying to figure trying out, to figure where figure out like,
3: coin. where did I put the, okay. And then I walk up and go, what's uh, what's going on?
0: Oh, Finnegan here just, Finnegan wants to pro- us to provide a home for Sunbeak and in order to make the necessary arrangements, we'll just need a small donation.
3: Oh, you mis- misplaced your gold?
1: I I can't uh, seem to find it. <laughs> Literally, I can't find it on the page. <laughs> I
3: hand her, and I hand her, I hand her ten gold and go. I cover it.
0: Yes, this would be fine, harness.
3: Cool. Uh, you ready to go, Finn?
0: I,
1: I I there are some some provisions I need to gather before we go. Better go quick.
0: Carmela says. All right, we can, we can make the adjustments to a window and get a little perch going and a little beware of hawk sign, maybe. But thank you. As Carmela takes this money, don't worry, Aranis. This will go directly towards helping the people avoid a hawk and help the people <laughs> have a safe place to see a hawk. We won't be misusing these funds.
3: Yes, thank you.
0: <laughs> As you're... Second law that you put down was any money we collect goes directly to helping the people, Mm. uh, which will will be interpreted as, you know, people see fit. Okay. Finnegan, what type of supplies are you looking to get before you leave town?
1: Really, all I want to do is trying to stock up on some venison jerky for Cyril, like... For a normal meal, Cyril would eat whatever mm-hmm. her, her and I would hunt, right? Or whatever the group is eating. But, but for training purposes and for, like, treats and whatnot, I like to keep a stock of it. And I'm out.
0: Yeah, you certainly are. Outside of some cereal treats, does anybody else need to do any shopping in town? I don't think so.
1: I don't need anything else.
0: Does anybody else want to do any shopping in town? Fancy new hat? Tighter pants?
1: They don't
3: get any tighter.
0: Cool (laughs) tattoos. That would take more than just the morning, but (laughs) Eh, we got magic. Tattoos can be as fast or as slow as we want them to be. New shoes. Sunglasses. Okay. Well, Finnegan, if you want to find some venison jerky, I certainly think that's possible. But let's just go ahead and have you roll a d20 to see how much you can find. Um, This is not going to be a one-to-one. This will just be like tiers of success here. But yeah, just roll a d20, and hopefully you don't roll a 1 and find just one piece of venison jerky.
1: I rolled a 15. Okay.
0: I think you find like a traveler's ration type shop. It carries all sorts of jerkies, including venison. Some of it has been sitting up on the shelves for a very long time, so it's extra tough. It's not that tender jerky. But with a 15, this shop has 10 pieces of venison jerky left that are... Suitable for serial training, not like little scraps that you might give to a kid or something. And for that, let's see how much you're going to have to spend. Maybe venison jerky is very rare here. Maybe it's very common. Maybe, just possibly, people haven't fully recovered yet from the whole, you know, Lynn Jarvis's hoarding money thing. And now Orizaba has it. <laughs> okay. Question first. Finn, do you actually have money or are you actually broke?
1: I could have sworn I had some, but I can't find (laughs) in anywhere in any of my stats me having any money. So I think we're going to say I'm broke or I have enough for maybe just this purchase and then I was (laughs) going to say,
0: hey, Finn, roll a D100. We'll see how much gold you have on you. You're not a level one character. You've got gold from things, surely. 78 is what I rolled.
1: Dang, okay. not bad. Okay,
0: Because I don't want this to always be like, hey, artist, can you loan me five bucks? Let me just reach into that boot real fast. <laughs> all right. So you can get ten pieces of venison for five gold. All right. Unless you want to switch to any other type of venison, that's all that this shop has. You cleared them out. Except for, like, a few little scraps.
1: Oh, okay. All right. No, I think that's that'll be good enough. When we run out, we run out.
0: Mm-hmm. You could always try to go hunt some deer and make your own jerky. We don't have time for that. (laughs) You can convert one of the wagons into a jerky mobile.
1: (laughs) Jerky mobile. Could we be then calling ourselves the jerky boys? Because we're all boys.
0: Cyril's not a boy. That is correct. And there are several not a boy in the party. Just the three of you are all men.
1: That is, that is what I was intending with my comment. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: So Finnegan returns from his quick trip out to the jerky vendor. Everybody has had some time to gather up their belongings. Sam and Carolina have gone off to get the wagons ready, get the horses all set, calm them down for a nice long trip south. The horses, need I remind you, still have their bone-covered wings. Just is a fact of them now until anything happens to them or for them. But whenever you're all ready to leave, we can leave. I feel ready.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good.
0: Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Leaving Caravel on your wagons, party in tow. The gates open, and standing at the gate is a familiar-faced guard. It's the same guard that you encountered when you first entered the city. Uh, Rufus Fletcher, the burly, barrel-chested man. And as he sees you all leaving, he's like, oh, "I guess you, uh, guess you all did what you came here to do, then, huh? The earnest, right? I Think things are going to be a little bit better now. Think, uh, think it's going to be safer for folks like me raising a family now. I hope so. All right, I hope so too. Then, I mean, not like it could get much worse, huh?
3: <laughs> you said it, man. Not me.
0: <laughs> all right, well." See you the next time you come through, then. I'm sure you will. As you head south, leaving Caravel in the distance, the road aligns now and again with the ocean branch overhead. The wind blowing off of it provides a coolness to the air as the sun is high in the sky. And as we travel, we've got a bit of time here. And Ristos would rather not see this go to waste. So he flies around, getting your attention. Darvin, Arnis, Finnegan as well. <gasps> Finnegan, I'm sad to see the bird go again. <sighs> I was really hoping to have someone to chat with up there. But that's a shame. Does that mean, does that mean we can expect some new animal friends coming up soon? Or are you? Depending on what we
1: encounter and how friendly they are, we might bring on some more strays. Is it
0: only friendly creatures, Finn? Well, they are the easiest to train. But sometimes, the more dangerous ones are less friendly. Wouldn't you rather have a dangerous ally? As I pat Cyril on the head, I am fully aware.
1: I'm not talking friendly as in their natural demeanor, but as in their personalities.
0: mm mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got you, Finn. Well, Darwin, Aranus, Finnegan almost had a new friend. Or, eh, momentarily had a new friend. Did either of you gain anything from this experience? In terms of your divine abilities. Any new insights into your powers? Any new questions about them?
3: I mean, I I feel like if I have questions, you're just going to mock me. So, I mean... uh, (laughs) Like, I I don't particularly have any questions at the moment anyway. And no, I don't feel like I gained any new insight into my powers.
0: Hmm. That's a shame. Darvin?
2: Yeah, not really. Okay. Oh.
0: Well then. In that case, then, since you didn't learn anything, maybe you should learn something. Perhaps we could go over some of the more general rules. This might be a little bit more for Aranus' sake, but Darwin, I'm assuming at least one of these might pertain to you. Although I'm not 100% sure what would happen. Since you aren't Cade. But Cade is in you. Oh, that could be interesting. That could be very interesting, Darvin. But should we go over some of these more general rules? Or abilities, even? We've got time. Where are we going first? Is is we really going to Libera? That is so far away. We've got so much time to train. Or are we making some pit stops along the way?
3: Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but... I was pretty certain we were going to Earl
0: first. Kennigan's just along for the ride. That's right, Earl. That's right. Last time I was there I was a bit too decadent for my taste. But okay. Still, Earl. Very far away. So, Darwin, Aranus, which would you prefer? Rules? Or would you like to learn something about some of the basic generic, eh, not generic, but let's just say more common divine abilities? Maybe, I like rules," <laughs> said the religious dude.
3: <laughs> See, and I'm glad you said it because right? Shannon would like to know the rules, but
1: but Arnis, sure no.
3: I'm not sure that Arnis <laughs> cares. <laughs> 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 Shannon's like, oh my god, please tell me the rules before I do anything wrong. But I'm like, I'm like, I'm not sure that Arnes instinct is instinctual like, alignment.
2: Tell is me like the rules.
3: Abilities. <laughs> But Darvin <laughs> spoke first, so we'll, Darwin we'll go with anyone. Darvin did speak
1: first.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I'll start with the one that applies to both of you, probably. As I said, Darvin, I'm not 100% sure about you since you're just hosting Cade. <clears throat> but one of the big rules, I, I don't, I mean, we don't have to worry about how they're numbered or anything. Because really, all the gods have so many different rules. But one of the basic rules here, shared by the gods, is... Be careful who you have offspring with. <laughs> Again, Darvin, not sure how much this applies to you, but you're in a very unique situation here, hosting a demigod.
2: Uh, humans have this rule too.
0: <laughs> humans have this rule too. Okay. Um, why do humans have it, Darvin?
2: I don't know. I'm not really qualified to talk about that.
0: <laughs> okay. Why do gods have this rule then, Darvin or Arnis?
3: Um, I would guess because you run the risk of having some real asshole kids, and that's bad. <laughs> asshole kids with divine powers seems bad to me.
0: That is certainly part of it. That is part <laughs> of it.
3: <laughs> I mean, we're dealing with one of them right now, so.
0: Does Ristos know about Levesque? I don't know. Do you want him to know about Levesque?
3: I don't think Or are you I keeping have... that a secret? I'm not particularly keeping it a secret from him. Okay. I told all the gods, so I'd, um, it's free knowledge as far as I'm concerned. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, Levesque, not a great demigod. Mm-mm. Cade. Cade's pretty good. He knows how to play by the rules. Cade put himself on the line in order to save people. And we all thought that was the end of him, but here he is now, inside Darvin. Mm-hmm. And Darvin, in your head, you can hear Cade like, mm-hmm, yes, that's true. But... As it is with Levesque, gods can withhold their power from their offspring. They're not automatically divine. Mm. Otherwise, I doubt that you would have gotten away from Levesque, withering or no.
2: Mm.
0: I'm sure if Cade were here in his full power, he could prove a significant challenge for the rest of you. Mm. And Cade, still in your head, Darwin's like, mm hmm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He remembers mm-hmm. encountering you in Korm's realm and. Pretty much having the upper hand there. Of course, you were in a cave against a demigod of land, so kind of his terrain. But that's not the only reason. That's not the only reason. But before we get into that, another rule for Darvin, since Darvin cares so much about our rules. Question for you, though. Demigods and other offspring of the gods, it's one way that others gain an amount of divine power. But then there's also things like paladins, clerics, warlocks to an extent. Those that the divine bless with their abilities. I don't know if you knew this, but there's rules on them too. It's not just about your direct offspring, it's about these indirect offspring as well. Arnus, I know you haven't tried it yet, but you have to be very careful about who you let tap into your power. One of the big rules here. It's not just be careful. Um, but I mean this with all due respect, Arnas. As I know you are yourself a half-elf, but you shouldn't be granting your divine power to half-elves and other similar people. That's not my rule.
3: Wait, what?
0: Again, not my rule. But if you were to go by the book. Actually, he probably has the book open at this point. The one on a chain around his neck. He's tapping his fingers on the pages themselves. Again, not my rule, but it is related to the offspring rule. And I wanted to bring that one up first because I know how much you tend to push back on rules.
3: Wait a minute, though. Like, why?
0: Let me ask you something. Closes the book. What motivates gods?
3: I don't know. People that are connected to them? Their own selfish, petty vendettas? I don't know.
0: He kind of rolls his eyes at the first one, but locks in on that second one there. (laughs) Petty. Good word for it, Arnas. Very good word for it. Now, they may not want me saying this, but petty. Control. A measure of deceit. And the biggest motivator of them all, of course are in his roll persuasion. 31. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cuz yes, he wants to tell you, but he doesn't want to get himself in trouble. The biggest motivator of, of all, of course. You know, what motivates you, Darwin Finnegan, folks in the capital, folks in Caravel? What motivated Lynn? It wasn't greed. It wasn't the desire for more power. It's something that the gods And the mortals share. Their biggest motivator is fear. Lin was motivated by fear of something like the Withering happening again. Not being able to do anything about it. Now, given who he's with and where he's going, I doubt he'll get to act on that much. But Orizaba is still operating on that fear. But the gods don't have to worry about the Withering. Well, or so they thought. Perhaps there'll be a new rule in this book. We'll find out. But they are definitely afraid. <sighs> and they can be petty in how they enact that fear. And this rule is one example of that. It's why you have to be careful about who you produce offspring with. It's why you have to be careful about who you give power to. Because once you give it away, it can be turned against you. Darvin, Arnus, Finnegan, do you... do you know? Do you know why Arnus was able to kill Pathox?
2: Because he's a badass.
0: (laughs) Thank you.
1: Finnegan shakes his head because Finnegan wasn't there and doesn't know.
0: Bryso certainly likes the the boldness of the badass line. Um, It certainly took some... It took a lot of courage. It took a lot of guts to even confront Pathox, I will admit. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's why he was able to be successful confronting Pathox, dealing a killing blow. I mean, it's the same reason why, in theory, Finnegan here could kill Agnetai. It's the same reason why, in theory, Levesque could kill Gregic. It's the same reason why Darvin could take on Adaris. But it's also why none of you could kill Brumble.
3: Because we're not connected to Brumble.
0: Exactly. Now, Arn, as you are another god, so... <clears throat> There's a lot of things you certainly could do to Brumble, to uh, restrain them, put them in a box, so to say. The gods have been petty before. I have no doubt that they'll be petty again. But when you make one of those connections, when you allow one of those connections to exist, you are opening yourself up. And the gods, out of fear, have decided against that. Whether Whether or not you follow those rules, that's up to you. But it's my job to make sure you're aware of that rule.
3: So is the theory then that that any like person that's a that's a half whatever has split allegiance, and so then could like play two gods off of each other, and so that's why they just won't do it.
0: No, no, Darwin. We're going to use you as an example again, okay? Okay. If you don't mind. Risto's flies over and lands on Darvin's shoulder. Darvin here. Boom. Taps him on the head. Darvin here's a human. He's a pretty good human. Missing a leg, but he's got a leg sword. In my opinion, that's pretty nice. He's a good human. He's a very durable human. Pretty strong human. He has a very interesting connection with Korum. True. But in terms of which gods he's a threat to, Adaris is the main contender there. Darvin, you're a human. Adaris... God of humans, you're a potential threat. Adaris is a pretty easygoing guy, can be great at a party, but doesn't make you not a threat to him. You see where I'm going with this yet, Darwin?
2: Sort of. I'm connected, so I'm a threat.
0: hmm Darvin is a good human. He's a strong human. A threat to Adaris, nonetheless. But really, that threat ends there. Just to Adaris. Now, Darwin, let's say you meet a Celestial. And you just have a connection with this Celestial. You really hit it off. And you decide, you know what? Me and this Celestial, we're going to have a child together. We've got a child then who's half human, half Celestial. Who is this child a threat to? Still Adaris, but also Barifax now. Do you see where I'm getting, Darvin? Sure. Do you see where I'm getting Aranus, Finnegan? Do you see where this fear that the gods have is coming from?
1: Sort of?
0: I think Finnegan's
1: putting some things together in his head, and he says, "Oh, so then, based on what you're saying, the idea is that if you are not one of the gods of one of these people, who are split between two gods, you don't give them power so that you can essentially take the other gods out. That is their concern.
0: It's, um, you're very close to it, Finnegan. You're very close to it. Yes. Part of it is maintaining alliances with the other gods. But it's mostly out of a fear for themselves. If Darwin is only a threat to Adaris, but then creates someone who is a threat to Adaris and Barifax, it's not so much that that person is a weapon that Adaris could wield against Barifax, although not saying it's never happened. But the gods view it then as, this person is not a threat to one of us, he's a threat to two of us. To three of us. To four of us. As I said, the gods are petty. And they're fearful. And the fewer people who are threats to them, the better. Now, Darwin, as I said, you're only hosting Cade. I have no idea if you were to have a child, if they would take Cade with them. Or if they would get another part of Cade in them.
1: Oh, I get it. I get it now. The the fear isn't of what happens if Orinus were to give... Power to the hypothetical child in this situation, it essentially could create a snowball effect, then. Because with that power, if that child were to have another child with, say, a dwarf, then that dwarven child would have the power of all four of them. I, Potential
0: power would be a potential Aye. threat to all four of them. Yes, Finnegan. This is their fear. This is why they have this rule. It is not about some... It's not about some asinine goal of maintaining purity. It's about protecting themselves.
1: It's about knowing who their enemies are. Exactly. You can clearly see when an elf approaches you and know if you're the god of elves, if they're a threat. But if a dwarf approaches you, you have no idea by looking at them if they're a threat.
0: Exactly.
1: Therefore, if you're going around giving people power, and Finnegan's trying to find the unoffensive word here, but if you're going around giving people power and muddying the waters of who is a threat, then the
0: gods have to fear everyone. Mhm. And it's why they don't care about what the commoners are doing. Cuz if they don't have any power, they're not necessarily a threat. But when it comes to their fellow divines, it's an immediate threat, potentially. So again, not my rule at all. I say break this however often you want. Just know that this may make some of the gods less happy with you. Which brings us to the third rule. Conveniently enough. And this one's very simple. Don't interfere with other gods. If a god's trying to get something done, it's just seen as polite that you let them do it. As long as it's not interfering with you, yourself.
3: What if the god you're trying to interfere with is trying to interfere with another god?
0: (laughs) Then that's enforcing the rules.
3: Oh, okay. (laughs) I just want to make mm-hmm. sure I didn't accidentally break a rule and didn't know it.
0: I mean, yes. If Olwynir is out there trying to destroy Barifax's temples and you stop Olwynir, that is you helping Barifax. Because Olwynir is out of line. Alright. Not all these rules are good. They all have reasons, but they're not all good. Everyone could care less what you do. If you find someone and you want to go out there and start a family with them, you do it. Don't let these gods get in the way. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Darwin. <clears throat> okay, sorry. I got a, got a little serious. That got a little heavier than I had intended this this trip to be. My apologies. <laughs> now then, that out of the way, who can you, in practice, give power to? Leads in. Like puts his hand next to his mouth and gives like a very loud whisper. Whoever you want. Whether or not you know how to do that, that's that's an entirely different thing. Whether you want to go about creating the Paladins of Chaos. Dude,
1: I want to be a Paladin of Chaos.
0: (laughs) Or sorry, Force of Habit, Rebellion, Paladin of Rebellion. Sorry, Arnis. In the grand scheme of things, you are still very new, very young. A wee babe of a god. But yes, bestowing your power onto others. Darvin, I honestly don't know how much you'd be able to do that with Cade. Um, I, I think you should probably concern yourself more with bestowing that power on yourself first. Fair. <laughs> Any questions about rules?
3: Uh, they I mean, they're kind of dumb, but I understand why they're there. So that's cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Sorry, I know me, Scott. I know that was a bit of an exposition slash lore dump. Mm. But it would be almost impossible to talk about these rules without going over the whys of them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Otherwise, Risto's would seem like an ass. And he is an ass, mm-hmm. but he's not that kind of an ass. He's a different ass. He has his own axe to grind. Okay. Hmm. Alright. That's, that's enough rules for today, I think. These are the very basic ones. Follow them or don't. I honestly don't care. In fact, the more rules you break, probably the better for me. <laughs> Anyways, he opens up the book again. What about actually getting to use your abilities more? There's so much more you can do besides grow a pillar, Darvin. There's so much more you can do besides have stronger spells, Aranis. And Finnegan, there's just <laughs> there's just, oh so much for you to learn here. How much you can put it into practice, I, I don't know. We shall find out. But since we've been talking about kids and power there's so much that gods can do with their kids there's, there's turning into your kids there's finding them just talking with them there's making new ones and gods do more than of course you know make children there is in fact just making children and I don't mean the old fashioned way crafting whole cloth crafting artifacts and spells the sky's the limit and with that will bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 Mayor level, Thank you, Christopher DeMello, at the $15 governor level, thank you, Paul Calicott, Phoenix Bryan, and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a 5-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, you can join our Discord server or you can email us at skyranpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyranpodcast.com. As always, thanks to Daryl Barnes for creating our theme music. You can find them on Twitter at Daryl Barnes underscore. We also want to thank the talented at Gabby underscore Desu on Twitter for our fantastic podcast art. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.